morning, everybody. It's great to see you. Glad all of you could make it. And um, we are going to quickly get Brother Nathan Henson up here. I've been uh, anticipating this. The only way I can get the guy to come to class is to ask him to speak. And he's got other things that he takes care of on Sunday mornings. But um, anyway, uh, love this guy. He's a good friend of mine. And um, I know he's got something good for us. So, Nate, come on and talk to us, bro. All right. Well, uh, I'll echo what Dave said a couple weeks ago. So, well, actually, I'll, I'll I guess, start over, uh, or I guess start before that. So those, those that don't know me, I think we, um, I think I know most everybody in here, but if we have a few visitors, as uh, as Jason said, I'm, I'm Nathan. I take care of our media on Sundays, and so that's why you don't see me in here. I'm typically kind of trapped in the sound booth, and they uh, they don't let me out from there too often, but every now and then they, they do. And uh, you may have seen me, unfortunately, online on some of those Nate and Coop videos. <laughs> if uh, you saw those, I'm obviously the Nate from the Nate and Coop. And this will be a little bit different today from that, if you've seen that. Um, um, not nearly as funny. Um, or I guess depending on how you feel, it could be equally as funny as that. Um, but uh, the interesting thing about us uh, about us media folks, and the, uh, I guess I'll sort of do a little self-deprecation here for a minute, they, they typically don't let us up in front of people to talk too often, and that's typically because uh, there's a good reason for that, right? It's because typically we're uh, more technical and we have sort of IT background, and uh, not to offend any IT folks in the room, but everybody knows IT folks are kind of strange, right? They're a little bit unusual, so and they make things a little bit awkward. So my goal for today is to make this as awkward as possible, um, and so far I think I'm doing pretty good, so... So that's good. Um, in all seriousness, because of my media uh, obligations and stuff, I'm usually sort of prepping for the services on Sunday morning. I don't get to attend the class, but I, I will say I'm a, I'm a podcast lurker. I'm a, I'm a stalker. So the, the fact that we put these podcasts online, I, I, I eat them up and I eat the content of the class. And uh, I got to know Jason, I guess, about um, four years ago or so, I guess, when we started coming to Grace. And uh, as he said, we've, we've gotten to uh, be, become pretty good friends, I would say, since then, and um, gotten to know him a little bit, and, and I feel honored that he's asked me to talk today, and I want to just, I guess, give credit to him for what he's, I haven't sort of really been able to address the class, obviously, before, so I want to give credit to him for what he's started here and what he's done with this class, because I just, and again, maybe just for me, but what I feel like is um, the the openness and the honesty and the transparency that comes, not just from the teaching in the class, but from all of you all as well, sort of the back and forth in the class is really something that um, it's, it's, a, it's a niche, I would say, that um, doesn't really exist right now, um, at least sort of not in, in uh, what's available to me. So it, it really sort of fills a void spiritually um, in my life. So I'm appreciative of that. Um, so I, as I said, I've been, uh, I've been listening to the podcast and been sort of kind of uh, lurking. And uh, over the past two weeks, um, you know, Dave and, and uh, spoke on grace and then sort of, you know, story time with Uncle Brian last week talked about uh, grace as well, right? And he um, went through that. And, and, uh, and by, by the way, I don't mean that in sort of a negative sense. Brian has a, uh, a really unique way of addressing and, and sort of telling a story that I just, and it really, I say story time with Uncle Brian because that's the way I feel, Jason. I feel like I'm like, you know, sitting by the campfire with Uncle Brian. I'm like, tell me about the story and about the time when you shot that trough up, you know, and just let me know more about that. Um, 
and it just and uh, he communicates in a way that I can't because my life's just not that interesting. And so <laughs> if I told a story about shooting that up, um, uh, I wouldn't be able to sort of convey that. But um, what really resonated with me, though, and, and uh, again going back to a few weeks ago, Jason talked about prepared environments and. Um, I know he, 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 talked, he, he taught it upstairs and he taught it again down here. And for some reason, it just really resonated with me, I'll be honest. And it's been sort of um, working on me since, uh, since I listened to it. And, you know, you know the fact that, that God prepares a situation for us, in, in case you missed sort of the, the talk, the, 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 the crux of it is, and Jason, jump in if I sort of misspeak, but the crux of it is God prepares a situation for us and then he equips us for that situation and then he puts us in that situation. And, what, what, and that really hit home with me because I, I really feel like he does equip us and he, and he does prepare us. But I also feel like, and sort of what he's been working on me specifically for is, does he truly put us in that situation or, or does he merely equip us and he leave it, and leaves it up to us to, to make that movement and to make that transition ourselves? Um, so I feel, like there are, I feel like there are times when he does and there are times when he leaves it up to us. And, but all of it is part of the larger plan that he has for our lives. And over the, over the past few lessons that I've sort of been reading and studying and, and, and listening to, that there, there's a verse that keeps cropping up, and it's Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm-hmm. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And uh, I think Brother Murphy might even sort of reference this in his sermon last week. But in, in this verse, there's, there's a couple different points that are made, right? He, God says he has a plan for our lives, and that he's the only one who knows it. In the verse, he says, I have a plan for you. You know the plans that I have for you. So for as much as we want to sort of read ahead and know ahead and know sort of what the next step is that he has for us, he clearly says that that's not for us to know. That's not for our, for our understanding sort of at the time that we're at, and only he knows that. He also says that he has a plan for my life that's specific to me. He says, the verse, he says, you know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope. So we got it, right? That's pretty simple. God, God's got a plan, and he's got one that's tailor-made for me, and that's great. Um, and then the third point I want to make, want to make about that verse, uh, as he says, he has our destination and our end result already figured out, and that's a future and a hope. And that sounds amazing because that's what we all want. We all want future, and we all want hope. Um, but it's the first part. I think that we have a problem with. It's the, it's the plan part that we have a problem with. And God's plan, right, is one of those ever-perpetuated discussions that we'll, we continue to have forever, or at least, you know, until, until Jesus returns. And we keep talking about what's God's will for my life? How do I find God's will? God's plan is a plan. It's just that. It's not an end, right? G- <clears throat> He even tells us in the verse, I know the plans I have for you, plural plans and not singular. I know we've said, and I I think Jason may have even said it before, about how God's plan is a journey and not a destination. And and I think we really get those things confused sometimes. And we we look at God's plan and say, God, I'm looking at the end, and that's your plan for me, and that's where I want to go. And what he's saying is, no, no, that's the future. That's the hope. The plan is how I'm going to get you there. Um, but the plan doesn't work that way, right? A plan takes us from A to Z. And I think that's where we get mixed up, is we want to know the Z, 
and we don't want to know the steps in between. So, to, and because again, I'm used to speaking to you, so sorry if this is an overly simplified example, but if I'm, if I'm planning to go on a vacation, right, the plan is I want to figure out where I want to go. I want to figure out how much I need to save to get there. I want to, I want to book that lodging. I want to buy the airline tickets. The plan, it, it, it's not the fun stuff. The fun stuff is the end. The fun stuff is the sights and the relaxing and the fulfillment of the plan. That's the vacation, but the, but the plan to get there, that's the steps. That's, that's the work. And, and, you know, he says, I know the plans I have for you. I don't want to swap that out. I know the work I have for you. I know the, the, the work that's going to take to get to, your, to that future and that hope. And sorry if that's too basic, but, I, you know, I think it's important for us, and sorry if I'm belaboring the point, but I want to draw the distinction between, between what the plan is and what the work is and what the result is to how we get there. Um, and, and maybe it's just me, but I always feel like, you know, I'm, I have this sort of sense of, of, of uneasiness and this discomfort, and, I, and I'm looking forward to that future and that hope and, and that, that next step, and I sort of overlook the development and the sacrifices and, and, and the plan, the work that I need to do personally to be able to get there. Um, so, I, so as a result, it, it, what, I, what, I, what I feel like ends up happening is it's, uh, you, know, you know, my life sort of ends up feeling like this, this you know, teenager trying to, trying to uh, learn how to drive a stick shift. It's this starting and stopping and this jerky motion, right? That's just this constant um, friction and this constant struggle. Um, and it's clunky and it's messy. Or, or maybe worse, maybe it's not stopping and starting. Maybe it's just, it's just stopping. Maybe it's sort of just this sort of stagnant, um, just stationary position that's you know, sort of stuck in neutral. And, and, and you, you sort of miss the moments that it was starting. Um, uh, and and what I'm what I'm I guess proposing today is that all that stopping and uh, stopping and starting is just the time, God's timing and the plans the work and it's us sort of getting out of sync of those plans that He has for us. It's it's I'm not ready to move to the next step, but but anxiously I want to, so I'm feeling this, this sense of discomfort that I feel like I need to move, and He's saying, no no, you're fine where you're at right now, or or sort of the the vice versa, right? Where where He's trying to pull me to the next thing. And I'm just trenched. I'm just digging in. I just, I just want to stay where I'm at because I'm comfortable. Um, so I want to talk about a very familiar passage of Scripture in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says, For everything there is a season and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search, a time to quit searching, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And so we, we quote that verse, you know, sometimes, and, and you know, you, you've probably heard it quoted quite a few times, or those, those set of verses, I should say. And typically we stop there, but the, the verses that follow it is, is sort of really what I think is interesting and, and what I really want to, want to really focus on. It says, what do the people really get for all their hard work, or swapping out that work for plans, right? What do the people really get for all of the planning? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. 
He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And that goes back to the, to the plans that he talked about in Jeremiah, right? He, 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 he's laid eternity on the human heart. He's got the whole plan uh, sort of in motion and, 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 uh, and in progress. But the whole scope is what we can't understand um, because we're not made to understand it. So we talk about seasons. That's not like a, you know, that's not a new topic. That's not anything sort of, uh, I guess, uh, earth-shattering, right? But what we don't really talk about, it, at least sort of what I don't hear about a lot, is, is sort of the, the perpetuity and, and the this, this cyclical nature of those seasons and how we usually refer to a season in like a past tense, right? Like I went through this certain season or I, you know, I had a season of doubt or, you know, we quote the, the verse that talks about the pleasures of sin for a season. And we refer to it sort of in this sort of singular rear view mirror look of what a certain point in our lives were. Um, but but the, the, the verse says, no one, I can't read my notes here. That's awesome. Uh, no one knows the scope of God's work from beginning to end. No one knows the whole plan, only him only God, and he reveals it to us when he's ready. And he used the word seasons, right, for, for a reason. He used seasons because, like I said, there's this cyclical nature to it. In spring, if, if I'm just sort of using our seasons that we're familiar with, plants sprout and they grow, and it's, and it's a fresh start. It's new life. And in summer, the, those plants that, that grew in the spring, they start to blossom and they start to grow. They start to thrive. In the fall, the plants that, that grew and they, and they, and they, and they, and they, they you know, um, throw, is that a word? I don't know, throw. Begin to thrive in the summer. They, they mature, they die off, and that's a time of, of decline. It's a time of, 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 of trimming and easing back. And then, of course, in the winter, the plants are resting. Some have died, um, and, and, and this, this rest, or this, this winter season, everybody hates winter, right? Nobody, nobody likes that. It's, it's cold, and it's lonely, and, it, and, it's, and it's dark. It's weird. It's it's just it's just this sort of barren season. That's that's but that's a part of our lives. But it's part of that plan and it's part of that transition. And the the, the whole beauty of God's plan and the cyclical nature of the seasons is without that death and without that sort of time of rest and um, you know stillness, there's not the opportunity for the new and the fresh to grow in the spring. So, so it talks about that winter season and that resting season and how essential that is for the growth to begin. And that's the way it is with our lives. We, we, we want the summer all the time. We want the fun. We want the fun season. That's the, that's the growth. That's the prosperity. That's the, the times where everything's great and the, just everything's hitting on all cylinders from a, from a spiritual standpoint. But, but winter is, is, is sort of not to repeat, but it's, it's, that's that necessary step when we need to, to regroup and refresh. And I wonder if God ever thinks, you know, if, you know, if, we're, if we're struggling, we're like, God, I'm in this winter situation and I gotta get out. You, you gotta like. I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. Right? We start we start getting worship and singing that song. And I wonder if he ever thinks, well, well, where was this sort of, you know, I guess, 
anticipation? Where was this sort of need and want when the summer months were here? When you were in the summer months and you were thriving, I was ready to move you to the next summer month. But yet there was there was not this there, there was not this um, this want to progress and move because you were comfortable with where you were. So uh, you know, again, that's just sort of me. I wonder if sometimes when in in those barren months, if God gets frustrated, and it's like, you know. Maybe the reason you're in the winter for as long as you are is because you stayed in the summer for longer than you need to stay. And there's some things I've got to tear down before I can move you to the next spring. I'm really wishing now that I would have had Jerry Holland font when I printed this out and not really small handwriting. So... We, 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 uh, so I read the verse in Ecclesiastes, right? And it talks about everything being a season, a time to born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill, heal, tear down, build up. And that's, that's great because it's very generic and, it, and, it, and it, it applies to a lot of different areas in our lives. And we, and we like, to, we like to, to segment that, right? And we like to almost sort of cherry pick the things we like. It's like, if you were to sort of divide it down the, down the middle, I like all the stuff on the left, and I don't really like all the stuff on the right. I like all the, I like all the stuff that says it's you know a time to be born, it's a time to heal, a time to laugh, a time to dance. I don't really like the time that talks about tearing down, scattering stones, and, and a time to quit searching. I, I don't I don't like all those all those negative, uh, I guess seasons. I don't like those negative steps. But what if we were to rewrite? that verse today, or, or the, those set of verses, and what if we were to make them sort of specific to our lives? What if, we, what if we were to say, for everything there is a season, and there is a time for every activity under heaven, a time for mending marriages, a time for picking up the broken pieces, a time for a good report from the doctor, a time for a positive result, a time for deliverance, and a time for a struggle with addiction, a time for uh, gaining a new opportunity and a new addition to the family, and a time for losing someone you love. I, I could go on, but I, I think hopefully you get the point. It, it is we have to be willing to push through the, the messed up, messy stuff, and we in order to get through the outcome that God wants for us. And if we knew that there were that there was sort of the light at the end of the tunnel, and there were the, the there was the new season on the other side, would we be more likely to push through that? The uh, I don't have any kids. We don't have kids, so I don't have any kids' stories. I'm sorry, but I do have a dog, so I have a, uh, a, a dog analogy. I'll uh, I'll bring at you real quick. So we, uh, the the point I made a while ago about the uh, the winter months and how you, if, if we stay too long in a certain situation, it's 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 sort of fun for that time, and we feel content. But does it really fit what God's plan for us? And and sort of my 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 simple Sophie analogy. Sophie's our dog. Is we take her to the park, right? And she. She loves the park. She loves to run around the park, and she can play with the other dogs. And the park is a set time. It's a set sort of, uh, you know, time that we allow her to be there. And there's certain things that we allow her to do while she's there. One of the things that she really loves that we don't love as much is to play in the mud. She she just really likes the mud, um, as my wife could tell you. And um, a little bit of mud's okay, right? Um, but a lot of mud's not okay whenever, uh, whenever it comes time for that. And, and for as much as she loves the mud and loves the water, she hates baths, which I'm sure is not unique to our dog, right? 
Um, but there's this, there's this give and take that she, she, she doesn't comprehend and she doesn't understand that the longer you have fun and you stay in the mud, the more pain you have on the back end and the more, the, the more bath time you got to get, right? And again, sorry if that's sort of a super simple analogy for you, but it's, it, it, it's, it's the, the season that she's in at that time, if I could call it that, uh, you know, she's not mature enough to, to look forward and understand the, the, the pain and the growth that's going to have to happen and the cleaning and the brokenness that's going to have to happen after she gets out of that season, if she just stays there. Um, so I, I know Jason's sort of whole vision for this class, and I, I think he spoke about it in here before, um, it sort of really resonated with me, is that he feels like this group or our age group um, is in a transitional period, right, in a time for moving from one point to the next, no, uh, no pun intended, one season to the next. Uh, and, and, you know, whether that's moving from a new job, whether it's getting married, having a child, whether it's sort of getting called to a new specific area of ministry, there's sort of this, this transition that we feel like we're in. So, there, so there's, the, there's God's plan, and then there's the seasons within that plan, and then there's, there's the transition that we get from that one season to the next season within that plan. And that's what I feel like this, this class, uh, you know, I was talking about the niche earlier and that sort of the, the niche that it falls in. I think that's, that's really where it hits home with me is how we take those transitions from that, that one season of life to the next season. Because it's, it's, again, going back to your prepared environments point, it's great if God prepares that next environment for me and, and equips me for it, but how do I get there? How do I move from where I'm at to that, to that next step? Um, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's probably better said rather than it's, uh, you know, that, that you know, life is, is sort of this big plan with, with seasons and, and transition in between. Is it's probably better said that life is just a constant transition. It's it's a it's the journey, right? It's not the it's not sort of the destination. There's there's as soon as I sort of get to the next step that I'm going to, it's I'm not going to be there for long because there's going to be sort of the um, the next thing that he wants to move me to. So and that can be that can be really good and it can be really bad. Um, and sort of just speaking from personal experience, right? Some transitions are really good. When you, when, when you sort of finally get done building that house and you get to move into it, um, seemingly like five years after you start building it, um, that's a really good transition, right? You're moving to sort of a new, a new era. When, you, when, you're, when you're praying for a child for, for, for years um, because you want one and, and you feel like God's promised you one and you're, you're praying for that for years and that finally comes through, that's a good transition, but there are also transitions that aren't that aren't so good. Um, when that you know when that house you worked so hard to get is foreclosed on, or when you experience the loss of a loved one, or when or when someone, a family member, or a friend just really sort of rips the relationship bond that you have with them, and 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 you know going forward it's just not going to be the same. There's going to be change there. There's going to be a difference how it was before. That's a transition, and it's not an easy transition. But the key is successfully navigating these transitions, right? And, and how do we get, as I said, from one to the other? Two steps. Um, one is we have to move. And, and, and that's what I was talking about earlier is, is God equips us and then God prepares the environment, but it's up to us and our action and our decision as to whether we actually move and progress. And step two it's not just moving, but it's moving in the right direction and making sure you're, you're, you're focused on, on the direction that you're moving in. And the bad transitions are much harder to stomach than the good ones, 
but Philippians gives us a solution to any of them. In Philippians chapter 3, it says, Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on and reach to the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize, which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. So, and, and you know, the, 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 uh, the, the Bible uses the analogy of a race in, in, in a lot of different cases. And something Jason and I obviously are very familiar with, um, running the Warrior Dash yesterday, um, which was uh, interesting to say the least. Um, but the, the analogy of a race is a, is a great one, right? Because, I, and again, I'm new to the whole running thing. Um, so Jason, jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. But the, 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 the point uh, of a race and the point of running is not necessarily how much ground you've covered prior to that point, but it's how much ground you have left in front of you and moving forward. So, um, when, you know, so when we were running the race yesterday, right, and we got to that two-mile marker, and we were, whew, that, was a rough, that was a rough spot. It didn't really matter. It only mattered that we had 1.2 left. And when we got to the, you know, sort of the, the half-mile marker, it didn't really matter that we had covered sort of the distance we had till then. It mattered what was in front of us. And, and that's what it says in Philippians. It says to press on and to keep moving, regardless of sort of how far we've come already. And looking back can be, and in fact, not just sort of unfruitful, but looking back can be disastrous, right? And Lot's wife, when, he looked, when, when she looked back, it was with disastrous consequences. Um, it's, it, it's, it's sort of this constant perpetual motion and moving that, that has to happen. Um, when we push forward and transition into another season, that, that, and again, I can't sort of stress this enough, I guess, but the, the, what's really been weighing on me is, is I've been in this season that I'm in for a really long time, God. You, 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 you equip me with this sort of ministry that I'm in, or, 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 or maybe you, you sort of don't have a ministry yet. Maybe you're just sort of um, trying to figure out where you need to go, but you're comfortable because you've been there for a really long period of time. What I'm saying is when, that tra- when it comes time for that transition, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long you've been in that state. It just matters that you press on and that you move forward. And we have to press on because transitions are really important. If we, if we fail to transition to the next season that God's prepared for us, we get out of alignment with his plan and with the steps that he's laid out for us. Or, or to, to put it another way, if we're not comfortable leaving the comforts of where we are physically, emotionally, and spiritually, we'll never fulfill God's plan and calling for our lives. But there's reason we don't like that, right? Because we don't like change. I, know I don't like change because change is messy and change is uncomfortable, change is unknown, change is leaving our comfort zone, change is moving, change forces us to grow, and, and, and staying the opposite of, of uh, changing is comfortable, and I really like comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we sort of growing up, we always heard about growing pains and how, and, you know, as you, as you grow, so you have these pains. I don't know if that's actually a real thing. I don't, I don't know if it is, but... Um, Sort of right. The same thing happens to us. If, if, as we grow and transition and move, there's there's this discomfort and there's a pain because I, I'm, you know, God, you prepare me for this place that I'm in, but now you're transitioning me to this other place that, that I don't know and I, I'm not I'm not comfortable for and and I might not even think I'm ready for. But change is kind of God's thing. When He found us and He redeemed us, immediately we changed in a radical way. We literally made a 180 from the life we used to live. 
And in, and in fact, every, it's, it's kind of Jesus' thing, right? Everybody in the Bible that he meets or has contact with, he leaves them changed. It's a change process. So, so why would we think that he redeemed us initially, and the more time we spend with him and the closer we get with him, that we wouldn't continue to make that change, that we wouldn't continue to grow and evolve and, and, and change? But it sort of goes against our human nature, too, right? Because we, 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 we want to sort of say, okay, God, you, you redeem me. I'm good. I'm, now I'm just going to sort of coast, and I'm going to plateau, and I'm going to stay where I'm at. And that's, that's, that's anti-God's plan that he has for us. Um, so again, the, 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 the first point of successfully navigating transitions is to move. And the second point was to move in the right direction. Um, I work for Blue Cross, as some of you may or may not know. Um, I work in the strategy group in business development. And uh, if you're wondering what that means, that's okay, because everybody else always asks me the same thing. And what that basically means is we, we, do a lot of, uh, we do a lot of planning and future looking and trying to figure out sort of long-term direction and where we want the company to head. We do a lot of whiteboarding and, uh, and sort of just sort of brainstorming, if you will. And um, part of our planning and what we do and, and what's really important to the company is how we interact and how we're viewed with our customer base. Obviously, it's sort of important with every company, but for us, the way we track and the way we measure that is something that we call our customer journey. And what's, and I've, I've sort of mentioned this to some of the, the leadership folks in the past with like a different, sort of a different application, but with our customer journey, the, 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 the way it's mapped out and the way it's planned is from, from the time that you sort of don't know anything about insurance, you're just like, I gotta, I gotta get some kind of insurance um, to all the way to, you know, you need to go to the doctor and you need some help. Where, wherever sort of you are in your sort of journey of health, um, that we, we track all that. And, and throughout that process, we have something that we call critical moments. Um, and in those moments, those are times where the, the, the way our company works and the way we function and the way we can help you and the, the, the way that uh, you sort of go about your life and the way you need care or you need to make a decision those points where we interact with, with or the company interacts with sort of your decision points, those are the critical moments. Um, sorry if that's a really confusing example, but the, the, the point is God's plan and the plan he has for us and our decisions in our life and how we, we move along, there are these intersection points, right? There are these, these critical moments to our overall journey, and, 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 and there truly are critical moments, I, I feel like, because those are sort of the forks in the road, right, where, where he, he's prepped you to a certain point and you get to this decision point, right. and that's a critical moment. I'm on this path, and God's got this path, and you can make a decision. You can sort of go down the path you've been going, or you can, he can sort of lead you in a new direction. Um, and, and that convergence of plans is, is it's not common, but, but when they happen, you know them. Um, and, and for us, it's been uh, sort of, I'll get to sort of some, some personal examples in a second, but there's been quite a few of those. And, and a lot of times those critical moments are, are God moving us, transitioning us to a new season, and there's, they're, they're accompanied by this, this brokenness and this sort of just restlessness and this, this uneasiness um, because we know change is coming and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not comfortable. Um, so... Uh, going back to Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time for every activity under heaven. Um, I know I sort of hit on the different points of it, but, but one thing that I think is really important is not just that God's laid out the plans and he has the steps for us, but also the, the, the timing involved with it. And that's where it's sort of these critical moments come in. It, 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 God 
has a, a certain time frame and a, and a, and a certain um, cadence, if you will, to the things that he places in our lives, to the people he puts in our lives, and, and, and the places he brings us, and the seasons in our lives. And that cadence is really important. Um, and, and again, some of that discomfort I was talking about, to me, comes from when we, we don't line up with that cadence, and we don't necessarily agree with that cadence. Um, to see our uh, kids join in every, uh, every week. Uh, they're there. Uh, so the the and actually the uh, so in in terms of the timing the the verse in Ecclesiastes that says a, a time for every activity under heaven another uh, translation says a time for every event under heaven and that's actually the Hebrew word for that means delight and so the, and and the, the the purpose of that or I guess the point of that being if the timing is right and and everything lines up in God's perfect timing all those things we talked about the scattering the stones the healing and the mending it's all delight and it's all positive in our life It's if it falls within that timing. Um, so, um, I don't know, I have any idea where I'm doing on time, but uh, tell, me, tell me if I'm uh, going wrong. But so, so that's it. Okay, so that sounds great, right? Sounds like the, the, the strategy guy, head in the clouds. No, uh, that sounds like a really great concept. <laughs> but, and that's really, uh, it's really easy when decisions are binary, right? When... Uh, when I have decisions like, do I want to buy this house, or do I need to buy this house or not, or do I need to stay at the job I'm at or move to this other job? But what's, but life's rarely that easy, unfortunately. And 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 what about when it's messy and and when I'm just depressed or I'm restless or been diagnosed with something? That's that's a critical moment of something that I need to do, or a decision that I need to make and a direction I need to go. And and you know, you know. God, it's not a yes or no answer. It's a, I don't know which way to turn and I don't know what to do. So what, what do I do in those situations, right? Um, probably the, the, the best example I can give, and I, it's one sort of that's, I guess, uh, near and dear to us that I haven't really talked about publicly before. But uh, so uh, Brother Holland's ministry and, and uh, that sort of the, the, just the interaction, the way he deals with people has been uh, really... I don't even know the right word for it. It's been impactful is not sort of a big enough word for, for our family. He's been, um, and, I, and I know it's not unique to us, but just it, it seems like every time he's scheduled to come to the church and speak, it aligns with one of those critical moments in our life, right? We're in this like transition period and it's like, God, I just really need an answer. And in some cases, I, you know, I, I might not even be actively looking for the answer, um, but just for some reason, God uses him to speak to us and, and he's done it quite a few times. The, the Sort of the most... And it's been sort of job situations, it's been family situations, it's been kind of everything you could really think of. And, and I know I've chatted with uh, a couple folks, including Steve, about this as well. It's just, I know that's not unique to me, but um, just the way that he, the way that his, what his gift is in his ministry is just, it's life-changing. There's really no other really way to, to describe it. Um, but we were, so talking about the, the, the non-yes-no decisions and the just, God, what do I, what do, I do for us, probably the most important one we had to deal with, and I'll, I'll be careful with some of the details here, but when it, it was our transition to, to come to Grace, um, which was actually, I guess, about four years ago, um, we, uh, my wife and I have been at uh, the church we were at for our whole lives um, and loved it, and we, we still love it, honestly. Um, but, and there was stuff that happens as there always is stuff that happens with every church, uh, which the, the details of which are not important. But um, the point was there was sort of a restlessness within the church um, and there was a sort of a, a, a 
a transitioning, if you will, of, of some people leaving. Um, and for us, we, we personally were, even sort of before those things happened, we had this sense of discomfort as to, we, we felt like God was moving us in a different direction, um, even, even before anything with the church happened. Um, and so, you know, so, so for us, and, and, and we, we felt like sort of already approaching one of those critical moments and one of those crossroads. So as sort of these circumstances and dominoes start falling around us, we're, we're really like, God, what, what do we do? Like we don't, cause you know, it ne- it's, it's not even necessarily like we felt like God, we need to leave and we need to go X. We felt like God, we're just not happy. We're just restless and we're just, we don't know what to do. Um, and when, when that happened, uh, or when, when sort of some of the, the things unfolded with the church, we, we, we still, we prayed a lot about it. We, we really sought God's direction. And, and for us, um, we really didn't feel like it was the right time for us to go. We didn't feel like it was the, we, we felt like, um, as for as much as I'm sort of, I guess, teaching and talking about pressing on and moving forward, God's also got times where he wants us to, to have those winter seasons, right? Those dead seasons. And for us, that's what that was. That was a, we, we felt like God was telling us, stay and and experience the dead season and that's a that's a really tough thing to swallow that's that's a that's a that's a tough answer to get when you're seeking and the and and the situation is i know you're uncomfortable and i know you're hurting but that's where you need to be right now that's not that that's not cool that's 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 anti-god right god you're supposed to you're supposed to come and be our rescue and sort of move us to the next the next thing to come, you know, riding in and save the day. The answer to, to sitting still and being uncomfortable and, and being temporarily unhappy is just that. So, so, you know, you start questioning things. God, is this, is this really right? Is this really God we're hearing from? What's going on? Um, so long story short, I know I'm sort of running short on time. It, it's, um, we eventually did feel like and, and uh, actually um, we, we attended a Miracle for You service uh, and, and Brother Holland spoke, spoke a word to us specifically, which was um, really something we needed to hear at the time and, and sort of totally out of left field and not something we were expecting um, and sort of confirmed that it was, was time for us to make a transition. But my, my point to all that is not that, you know, oh, yay for us because we stuck through the hard times and that was, that was great. The, the, the point to all that is if we... It, it's sort of that plan and that timing concept and that mentality and where those crossroads happen. If and I talked about the friction. If if we would have left or or made a decision sort of outside of God's guidance, I don't know what would happen to us today. I don't know if we'd be at grace today. I don't know if we'd be in church today. I don't, you know, that th- there could have been sort of a sense of bitterness that built up in us and, and, and sort of we never followed it through. But because we 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 you know because we, we were directionally appropriate and, and we you know, tried at least the sort of best way we knew how to make sure we were in line with what God's will was. That that's sort of the only, I guess, saving saving grace, if you will, despite sort of the uncomfortable season we were in. Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll turn it back over to Jason here in a second. I'm I'm, I'm wrapping up, but uh, and, and again, I know the concept of seasons, transitioning from seasons, is not sort of ground, uh, sort of uh, earth shattering or, or moving. And the, the 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 bottom line is that. You know, change and transition is not is not only a part of our is not only a part of our spiritual life, but it's an essential component of it. Um, and in some cases, it may just mean we've outgrown the current situation that we're in, and he's moving us on to something better. And I don't know if sort of this talk was for anybody except me, but uh, it was definitely for me and something he's been dealing with me on. 
Um, and and what, what, I, what I thought was really interesting, Jason, if I could just sort of hit on what you talked about in, in, in your talk, too. You talked about the, the sheep and how the, the, the sheep, when they go to drink from the water, the way their anatomy is, is built is if, even though they, can, they have to have still and stagnant water, and if, they're, uh, if they don't, if there's sort of even rushing water, they could drown um, because they um, just sort of the, the... I'm doing a horrible job explaining this, but the way, <laughs> the way their anatomy is built, they... they, they um, Water gets sucked up their nose if they if they drink from running water, um, and and uh, sort of sort of for me the key is being close to that water source. You know God's God's presence and his and his um, you know, his his wisdom and his uh, just sort of everything about him is described as as a river, right? It's described as constantly flowing, constantly changing, constantly moving. It's never described as stagnant, and for us. Um, the danger is to avoid that stagnation. So I- even if we're, um, you know, in a current situation, the key is not to remain there. The key is to constantly move and to constantly keep moving. So, and, and my, my, my point to that is, even if we're not transitioning from one season to another season, that doesn't mean we stay stagnant in the season that we're in. It's a constant sort of season and cycle of growth. Um, all right, I'll wrap it up with, with this, front, this verse from Hebrews because I, I, I really like it. It says... It's in Hebrews 6. It says, so come on, let's leave the preschool finger-painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place, turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning in trust towards God, baptismal instructions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, God helping us. We'll stay true to all that, but there's so much more. Let's get on with it. Basically, the writer here to, to, to me is saying, you've grown in knowledge. Stop redoing the same stuff you're in. Let's press on. Let's get better. Um, and if, if you are in one of those critical moments, like I was talking about before, um, I can't think of a better place to be than in the service that we're going to have in just a few minutes and the, the word that Brother Holland's going to speak to us. So um, anyway, that's all I got. Thank you all for... Uh, Nate, I assure you that was not just for you. I want to make two quick points before we pray and roll out. This morning I wanted to just go out and see what was going on with the construction we've got going on back here. And um, I'm making, I went out there and looked, and it looks like a slab with some construction stuff going on. So big surprise there. But I'm on my way back, and, you know, we have this little kind of metal shed out there where we usually park the van, but right now there's a, there's a picnic table under there for our construction people. And on that picnic table is a piece of PVC pipe that's sealed at both ends, and in green paint on the outside of it, it's got the word PLANS in real big letters. So it just struck me. I, I thought it odd that I would kind of focus on that this morning. It's like, well, that, that's pretty cool. you got the plans stuck under there if you need to go check them out. You know, they're not exposed to the weather or whatever. But if I'm out there working on that job and, okay, is this set of anchor bolts, is it supposed to be six inches from the edge of the slab or eight inches? Let's just do it six and we'll make it work out. That's not a good idea, is it? Because why? It might work in the end, but it's not the way it's designed. So what I would need to do is actually take the time to go seek out the plans, open them up, and read them. That's one thought. The other thought that I had came from Dave Bunch this morning where we were in our pre-service meeting. 
and he read something that Steve Elsenrath had sent to him, so I, as much as I want to, I can't take credit for this. But, and I'm not going to give it to you verbatim, but essentially the point of what he read to us is that the season doesn't care what you do. This is interesting, the fact that we spoke about this this morning. And then You can plant all you want to plant in wintertime. You can till ground, you can plant seed, you can, you can work the ground as hard as you want to, but if it's wintertime, it doesn't matter how hard you plant, you're not going to see growth. And the springtime doesn't care if you remain at rest. You're supposed to rest in wintertime, and right after wintertime comes spring. But if you don't drag yourself out of the bed and go plant during springtime, you're not going to have anything to harvest in the summer. But the spring's not going to drag you out of bed. The spring's not going to say, hey, Nathan, it's time to go. It'll give you signs, but it's not going to make you do it, and it's not going to care if you do it. So a lot of times we find ourselves staying in certain seasons because we neglected to do what that season was designed for. Does that make sense to you? Great. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for using Nathan today to talk to us. It was on point. Lord, it was absolutely on point. And I thank you for anointing him. I thank you for giving him the words to say. Lord, I, I, I thank you for talking to my heart the way that you did today. Help this stuff, Lord, to stay in us and to bear fruit in our lives. Lord, and I pray that you would um, direct us to the appropriate plans at the appropriate time and help us to be wise about the season that we are in. And uh, if it's time to rest, if it's time to be dormant, then help us to be wise about that. If it's time to plant, help us to be wise. If it's time to harvest, help us to be wise and recognize it. Lord, in Jesus' name, we love you. Great to see all of you here this morning. you got about nine minutes, and we'll see you in big church. God bless.